Welcome back to the Gen X Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Trish the Dish, and we have a returning guest, Sharon, my millennial pal. Um, I'll put some links down to some of the other episodes that she's done with me. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk with Sharon. She's such a great conversationalist and is always willing to um, go down any route that, that I, uh, that, that my ADHD brain is like, Oh, let's go down this route. Let's go down that route. So in today's episode, uh, I really wanted to talk to her about her new career as a real estate agent. Um, having come from where I met her in higher ed before that studying law before that, uh, which I found out in the podcasting psychology and just kind of like how that is, that's the norm these days. I mean, me personally, I've, I've done restaurant work and, um, you know, uh, customer service and hotel and teaching. And, um, and I'm so far away from what I went to school for. Um, and that's kind of, that's the norm, right? Um, we just don't see people that retire after 45 years in a career. We also talk about what it is, um, what she imagines her son, who is just a, just a, a toddler at this point. But we kind of we kind of go fall down the rabbit hole of like, you know, what her expectations for her son would be in terms of, you know, going to college, um, career seeking um, paths and things like that. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're a parent, um, or you, um, you have some thoughts on going to college or not, or changing careers, or maybe you're someone that has just retired from a career after 45 years. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, make sure that you, um, either reach out to me at Trish, the dish at genxvoice.com or find the Gen X voice, Facebook, Facebook group. So I have a page, um, but I also want you to join the group um, and then make sure that you check out the Instagram page as well, um, because that's where I love to celebrate my guests. So you'll be able to see um, maybe some of their artwork or music or uh, just their faces in general. So, um, yeah, enjoy the show. Hi, Sharon. Welcome back to the Gen X Voice podcast. Hey, Trish. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. As we were talking backstage, this is your third guest appearance, but you are also still the number one <laughs> downloaded episode. What do Gen X and millennials have in common? So you're kind of our like honorary celebrity <laughs> here on the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm, I, uh, I just, I told everyone I knew to listen to it. So <laughs> I guess a couple of them listened and then. And then everyone else did too. So well, I'm excited. That's very, very cool. And I just yeah. love that people are still discovering it, you know, like it, it continues to get hits. Um, says a lot about you and your podcast. Well, I just know how to pick the right people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. First things first, we've got to talk about how absolutely beautiful the weather has been here in Phoenix. Like. Oh my God. Is Jeez. it like this morning was cold. It was. I know these last few days have been incredible. The nights have been cooling off. It's been so nice. It's been a long, hot summer. It's been wetter. You know, we had a lot of a good monsoon this year, so did, that's yeah. been nice. And that helped like bring some relief, but it also brought a ton of mosquitoes and that's been Ugh. like awful. So it's just nice that everything is finally starting to cool off a little bit. But I mean, you've lived here minus the time that you were living in San Diego, um, mm -hmm. working on your, um, your, your jurisdiction doctorate. <laughs> Juris doctor. Juris doctor. Yes. Um, how in the world have you survived all these years as a desert dweller? Well, I, I absolutely hated it for a lot of years. Um, and I actually, my husband and I were talking really seriously about moving to North Carolina, which I'm aware it's still hot there. It's muggy there, but it was just a change. It wasn't scorching 120 degree days. Um, right. I got pregnant. So that changed things. So we decided to stay in Phoenix close to family, but, um, but it's been, it's been tough. It's been really hard. And only, I think in the last, maybe since, since I had my, since I had Henry the last like three years, 
I just kind of learned to just, you know, stay inside, I guess it's so boring, but COVID's helped, you know, haven't been going out too much or wanting to go out too much. So, um, that keeps us home, but it's tough. I've just, I've started to appreciate the rest of the year so much more to kind of make it worth it. And actually this year I made a point to not think about the heat that much and try not to complain about it out loud very much because same. Yeah. It just, it makes such a difference, honestly. And I think it really did help because I, I just tried not to think about it and let it bother me so much. And it actually, it actually helped. Yeah. When I moved, um, when I moved from Tucson to Portland, I was like, I was done. I was so done with the heat. I'd only lived there for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. And granted I've lived in, you know, I lived, um, what was it? Eight years, six years in the Mojave desert in California. But, um, I was like, that's it. Like, I cannot live in the desert. I'm obviously so it's been so long, you know, in those five Mm -hmm. years, I was just like, I can't do it. So I moved to Portland and that's when they first started having these hundred degree days Mm -hmm. and no one had air conditioning. Like I didn't have air conditioning, like the stores didn't have air conditioning. And I was like, okay, obviously like it's better to be in the desert where everyone has air conditioning Right to be, you know, in the Pacific Northwest where no one has air conditioning. (laughs) Like, right. It's a big difference. When I lived in San Diego, we had a heat wave at one point. It wasn't that it wasn't hundred degrees, but it was like 85, 90. And it was just awful because nowhere, like you said, had AC. And so it was, it gets brutal. At least here we're prepared for it. Like if you don't have, like you never go somewhere without air conditioning in Phoenix. Yeah. Ever, ever, everyone. But I mean, and then it's like 60 degrees inside, which is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not great either. <laughs> but yeah, it is so beautiful out. Like uh, it was in the fifties this morning. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And I'm still kind of chilly, like just, and I haven't had the AC on at all. Yeah. I have um, a sweatshirt on today. I was like, I'm right? a sweatshirt. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yes. We made it. We I know. made it. I went out so and happy. showed houses yesterday and I put on a sweater and I kind of regretted that. I was like, you know what? It's 70, but it got up to 80, like real fast. And you know, yeah. out in a sweater. <laughs> but, yeah. We're, we're in the season of, um, sweaters in the morning and yes. shorts and, and tank tops in the afternoon <laughs> yeah. and then sweaters again at night. <laughs> exactly. As often as we can squeeze a sweater in, we'll do it a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, it's fun because we kind of like sprinkled in a little bit of what we're going to talk about today because we mentioned San Diego and that you're, you're my second person with a doctoral degree on in, uh, in a row, because we just had, um, Dr. P, uh, my friend Carlos, who has, uh, just gotten his PhD in, um, in history. And now we've got you. And I just wanted to go through, uh, with, with my millennial bud, um, (laughs) the different routes that you've taken and the, and the completely different turns in terms of career that you've taken, because, um, not a lot of us stick with one career for, you know, 30 years anymore. And so, um, I want to go down that journey with you. Cause you also mentioned showing houses, which is <laughs> what you're currently doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how, you know, of course we were, we met at the university working at the university. So, um, I guess for starters, if you would have told five-year-old Sharon, right? Like, cause that's always the age that people are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, was it a lawyer? Cause I remember answering people. I didn't know what a lawyer was, but for some reason that sounded cooler than saying doctor <laughs> or teacher, even though and grownups love that answer. They oh my God. They're answer. so impressed. They're yeah, like, exactly. lawyer. <laughs> I mean, so was that was something that you answered as a, um, as a kid? No, I actually did not decide to go to law school until my senior year of college. Uh, when senior it, year of college, uh, huh. it was, wow. it was, or maybe it was like the end of my junior year, but I'm pretty sure it was my senior year because I studied uh, psychology and I was getting my bachelor of arts in psychology. And it became increasingly obvious that I wasn't going, I mean, I was going to have to go to grad school, but I just didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't really know what excited me about psychology. I loved learning about it, but I didn't know how I wanted to make it into a career. So, so you, weren't, you weren't picturing yourself being like a psychiatrist or anything like that. You know, I th- 
thought about it. Yeah. It just, the thought of, um, of administering any kind of therapy or, you know, anything like that in the, in the psych, in the psychological field, I just knew it wasn't for me. Um, I don't have the personality and I'm not patient enough, I guess, to deal with patients. Um, cause you know, it's like, I just want to be like, don't you know what's wrong with you? You know, and so, <laughs> it's so obvious. It's you so have to stop thinking about that, right. which is funny because like, I know that I have things that are wrong with me that, you know, <laughs> I struggle with too. We all have mental health issues sometimes, but, um, I just don't, I don't think I have the right personality for it. And I think I'm glad that I was able to see that in myself at, in, you know, my early twenties, because I think that's still true. I, I have thought about, especially when working at the university, I've thought about going back and getting an, another advanced degree. In psychology, maybe my master's, or I never really thought about going all the way to a PhD. That just never, I, I, I like entertain the idea for a second, but I was like, this is just so much work for something that I don't feel that passionately about. It just doesn't seem right. So, um, so yeah, I, I just kind of, I, I, I never really, never really thought about that. Never thought about practicing it as a job. I picked my major when I was 18. I was a senior in high school and I loved my, I see, I went to the very end, like the last minute to decide things, but I loved my psychology teacher in high school so much that, um, it just seemed like, it seemed like something that I'd want to continue studying. And so that's why I chose it, but I never really thought about it like with longevity in mind. So so law school just kind of came in senior year of college. And I had some friends who were also taking the LSATs and, and going to law school as well. So I thought, what? It was like Elle Woods. I thought, why don't I just try to go to law school? <laughs> that sounds cute. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a really fun, <laughs> easy thing to do, which explains a lot why I am not a lawyer. And I decided in law school, I didn't want to be a lawyer. So, you know, it was, a, it was an experience that I <clears throat> I have gone back and forth with. I try not to regret anything once I've decided to do it, but it's the one thing that I've, you know, I've thought, why did I spend that money? Like the student loans now coming back. I'm like, okay, that, that decision was, didn't think about that so much. Um, but I, you know, I kind of, I've, I've questioned, questioned it, but I think it was the right choice. I had, it was an experience. I got to live in San Diego. You know, I got to learn things. I'm, I'm proud of myself for having a law degree. I got my degree. I graduated. So I just didn't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> so at what point did you realize that you didn't want to be a lawyer? And then what did you like, what was the next step? Were you just like, was it a class? Was it just the, like, did you do internships? Like what, what triggered you to be like, no, this is definitely not me. So when I went into law school, I thought I would want be interested in doing something. This is hilarious to me now, but I thought I'd be interested in being like a sports agent or like a Hollywood agent because it just seems so cool. Like it seemed like a fun lifestyle and, you know, you could do it any sports. You could really do anywhere. You know, there's, there's sports. I can't see the sports thing with you, but definitely <laughs> no, the Hollywood no. thing would yeah, be I mean, like so up your alley. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted to be when I was five was an actress. I wanted to be an actress. Like most of my life I did plays when I was younger, that all kind of stopped in high school. Cause it got really competitive and I was like not confident enough in my so I just kind of stopped there, but, um, but yeah, that I'd love, I'd still think that'd be kind of cool again, though. I know I don't have the personality to be a Hollywood agent. Just it's not me, but, um, so that was kind of the big, the early parts of law school. And then pretty quickly, I realized that's not for me, but what I really became interested in and then pursued the rest of the time I was there was criminal defense law. And I did two internships uh, in law school. One was, you know, for a semester for credit with an attorney in San Diego who was amazing. who's really cool. I learned a lot from him. And then I also did one over the summer here in Phoenix um, with another incredible criminal defense attorney who I learned so much from, you know, these, both of these men had different personalities in me. They're much, they're really, um, I don't want to say imposing, but they're, you know, big, strong, presences in the courtroom. And it was just really cool to kind of try to glean some of the, their confidence and kind of take that in myself. So um, I loved it, but I also realized that it was just, again, I, I didn't think that the work would be for how much you have to work. It was just, I didn't think I would be able to give that because it would take so much out of me in other ways. Cause criminal defense work is like, not it's, it's, it's pretty nitty gritty and tough. I saw some crazy cases when I was working in my internship. So, but again, it was the thing that excited me the most. It interested me the most. I felt like, um, you know, criminal law in general was really interesting. And the fact that I personally think our criminal justice system is so out of whack, it seemed right. like, you know, it seemed like 
I can make a difference, but I, I, I don't know that I could anyway, because I mean, how long have people been trying to reform the criminal justice system? And it hasn't. So I think I would be really frustrated working in those conditions, not those conditions, but like in that, you know, realm, I don't think that would be really fulfilling. So even though I loved my internships and I think, I think it was, it was during one of my internships. I, I don't remember which one, I think it was the later one that I had. Um, I just kind of realized, you know, I just don't think I have what it takes to be a great attorney to clients. And that's what they deserve. And I wanted to be a public defender and that's pretty thankless, but I figured that was a really good way to learn. Um, but it just, it just, it didn't seem right. It didn't seem like the right fit. I was listening to my gut. I can't believe that you actually, um, see, how do I want to say that? Like for me, I absolutely loved my psychology class. So like for a second, I was a psychology major. Like I changed my major seven times. Everyone (laughs) knows this. I've said this in a few episodes, but instead of um, just following or just quitting, you, you felt you followed through, Mm -hmm. um, which I find absolutely amazing because the minute I didn't think that I fit something, I was out. Mm-hmm. I'm a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, what, I mean, if you knew, I mean, what made you keep going? Like, I mean, was it just like, I mean, are you, are you just like from a family that's just like, Hey, if you, if you fucking started something, you yeah. got to finish it kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's really, mostly, I think that's pretty much what it is. You know, in, in college, um, it, my parents were really, they really wanted me to graduate in four years. It was kind of a big thing for them. And, um, that's not that easy to do unless you know, you're, and I worked part-time. So it wasn't like I was in classes. I couldn't like load on tons of credits cause I, I had to work too. Um, so I, I just kind of, I felt like I would be derailed if I changed my major that I, it might add to my time there, you know, it might add a year or something or a semester. So I just was like, well, I, I just got to get this done in four years. I like this topic enough to learn about it, uh, whether or not I want to, you know, uh, kind of my mind, I thought having a college degree is, is good in itself, which is still true. You know, very few people actually work, you know, in their fields where they got their college degree. So I kind of knew that thinking, eh, it's okay. It's a degree. And I enjoyed learning it. So it didn't really seem like a waste of my time. And I didn't actually know, I didn't have another idea. You know, I wasn't like, instead of psychology, I want to do this. Like, I just kind of, I just kind of float, let <laughs> things come to me, I guess, is how that worked. And then with law school, you know, that one was, I think, more like the family um, being like proud of me for starting it, moving, you know, to another state, which, you know, a lot of people do in college, but I hadn't done that. So, um, you know, I just, I felt like I couldn't quit. I just, I didn't want to let myself down. I didn't want to let, um, you know, my family down, not that I don't think they would have been let down, honestly, you know, they, I don't think they really cared there. No, I don't have lawyers in my family. It's not like a prestige thing or anything, but, um, I just, I just didn't want to be a quitter. You know, I wanted to prove that I could do it. And so, which is so silly. Like, like I'm like, I thought it was so much money I spent trying to make, a, try to prove a point. Uh, <laughs> well, it, Hey, I spent probably even more, um, being a total flake and just being like, Oh, today's menu is botany. This is this sounds delicious. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it goes either way, I suppose. But yeah, really, but, I know, really think it does. But I mean, yeah. to to be really honest, like, you know, and I mean, we we kind of worked on this um in our in our department, um, like helping people figure out what they want to do with their lives. Like I remember taking a test when I so I always said a lawyer, but then I always wanted to be a teacher. But then, um, so I really was, was like, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. Um, but I took like this test in high school that was like, um, you'd really be great as a clergy person, a psychologist <laughs> or a teacher. I mean, that's really, that's a <laughs> basically helping people, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. like thinking, but, um, but I mean, that's like 18 and I'm, I'm not doing anything like that now. I mean. It's just so, it's so funny to think like, okay, this is what you should do. These, this is what you like. So this is what you should do. And then even, even talking to college students that we've worked with, like, they don't know what they want to do. They think they do, but then it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to have a job that I don't feel passionate about. Like, you know, that's a really big thing since you and I have, have, been, you know, it's like younger millennials and, totally. and, 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 and rich people. 
say yeah. that like, if you, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. And I call bullshit on that. Cause I loved teaching French and I never worked harder in my whole life. Right. <laughs> like, right. It still but, feels like work sometimes. It's not just, you know, walk in the park cause you like it, you know? Right. Right. But at the same time, it's like what I liked at 18 isn't necessarily what I like at 45 either. Right. Yeah. The fact that we chose our majors at 18, you know, most of us and, and we're kind of expected to know what we wanted to do. It's kind of silly if you look at it like that. Or even see the, like, what does that even look like? Like, yeah, internships are great because they expose you, but Mm -hmm. you know, not everyone has an opportunity to like watch, like, what does it look like to be a French translator in Flagstaff, Arizona? You think we had one? (laughs) probably not (laughs) not even a little bit not even close um so yeah I think it's I think it's pretty absurd um to think that I mean I think it's but I also think it's pretty absurd to you know sit with the same job your whole life I mean I don't know what do you think about that do you think that you are at the end now um because you are closer to 40 than you were when you jump ship from the university. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like this is, cause I'm kind of feeling that way. I'm kind of, I mean, I get, I have days where I'm like, oh my God, I need to go into like healthcare or something like education is <laughs> never going to pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you feel like, um, I'll probably jump ship 10 more times. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, so I jumped ship from higher education and went into, real estate. And so I feel like real estate is a, is a field where there are so many, I'm like, like so many other jobs. It's not being just an agent. That's not my only option. You know, I've got, there's, and there are so many different ways to be a real estate agent. So I see this field as something with a lot of uh, potential. If I do feel restless that I could, you know, try something else. Um, I, I feel for me right now, like this is probably going to be my last, I, well, I mean, I don't know. I might've said that about higher education too, but you know, just the way that kind of real estate has come, it's been like a full circle type thing for me because my parents work in real estate. Like I've grown up around real estate transactions my whole life. And I, uh, just never, never really thought to do it, which is silly. Now I'm like, what was I like, what have I been doing? I, this makes such sense. It's a perfect like job for me. It's a great way to use my legal experience and education, you know, not all the time, but I mean, there's contracts. I mean, there's property law. It does come up. So, um, I, and I really like the freedom that this kind of this job and this free field allows for me to be a mom and be there for my kid. And I can just, I can see myself growing old in this kind of, you know, in this career and, you know, even maybe continuing to do it for fun after like quote unquote retirement age and just helping people, you know, you know, helping a friend sell a house or buy a house or something. I can, I can see that being something or even something I do on the side. If I decide, you know, I want to do something more creative or, you know, take a different path. I don't see myself doing that anytime soon. Um, I, I pretty, I feel pretty good about this choice. It was kind of like an aha moment. Like why hadn't I done this sooner? Um, so I, I can see myself staying here. Granted, I floated around quite a bit. So if anyone guesses, (laughs) (laughs) right. I mean, it might be too soon to tell, but yeah, I'm still um, kind of in the early, like honeymoon. Like I love this, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm still getting, you know, a lot of challenges that I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of challenges and learning a lot of things, but I still really like it. And I'm just so much happier than I've been professionally ever. (laughs) Um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. What, what did it feel like when you, when you, when you had that aha moment of like, what have I been doing all this time? This is perfect. What did, what was that like for you? It was kind of, um, a little, I don't want to say frustrating, but it was kind of like, I was just like, what, what have you been thinking? Cause when I was in college, um, I worked for my, for my stepdad, who's a, an appraiser, a real estate appraiser. And I learned a lot. I actually, um, in before going to, before deciding on law school, I dabbled in the idea of becoming an appraiser as well. And so I took some appraisal classes in college, uh, not like at college, but through like a real estate school. And, um, I just, that kind of fell on the back burner and it, it never kind of came up in my mind again. And so looking back at that, I'm like, that was so silly too. Like that was such a great opportunity. And, um, so it was, it was kind of like, have you been wasting your time? I don't feel that way because I got a lot of great things out of my life, like your friendship and, you know, having met a lot of wonderful friends at work over the years, I just feel like, um, 
it wasn't a waste of my time. However, uh, I'm just wondering where I would be now if I would have done this instead of maybe jumped into higher education after law school. So we'll, I mean, we'll see if I feel that way in a year. <laughs> um, but, but I just, I, it was mostly frustrated, but then also really happy and like, well, duh, here we are. This makes perfect sense. Of course you're in this spot. So it's all, it's all a good thing for sure. Did you ever feel like what you were pursuing in terms of careers or schooling was like, was it about the almighty dollar? Were you just like, I've got to pick something that's going to make me money? Or was it a little bit more feely than that? Like, Definitely more feely. I I liked psychology because I liked the idea of of helping people. Obviously, I knew that wasn't going to be the way that I helped people, but that's what I really liked about it. And that's what I you know, thought going into law school, you know, obviously not originally because I was thinking of a sports agent, but finding kind of my, my path in the legal field, you know, to criminal defense is helping people. And so I've never, and like, that's not, I mean, you can make a lot of money as a criminal defense attorney, but not, not a public defender. And that was just, I've never really been um, driven, motivated by making a lot of money, which is good because <laughs> I haven't <laughs> to this point. Hopefully I start as a, as an agent, that'd be nice. But, um, I've, I've definitely been more interested in helping people. And when, after law school, uh, my first job was actually at a, um, like a property management and investment company working in their legal contract department. And, um, that was so unfulfilling. I felt like it was the worst. And so leaving there was a definite blessing, but then I kind of was like, how can I take this legal education and use that without, you know, being in the legal department somewhere or something like that? Cause that just didn't sound right. And, you know, the biggest part of, I think, well, not the biggest part, not how do I word this for me? I felt very comfortable in in a higher education setting. I loved my college experience as much as I didn't want to, you know, become a lawyer and I didn't have maybe the best law school experience. I still felt comfortable in, you know, in the university setting. So it really just made sense to, you know, help other people who, you know, wanted to pursue better things through higher education. And so that's kind of what took me down that path. It certainly wasn't, I mean, I didn't ever think that you would make money in higher education. <laughs> I think that that's just, I mean, yeah. unless you're, you know, unless you're like way high up there, but that was just never something I saw myself doing anyway. It was, you know, I'm, I'm just not like a provost type person or CEO type person. It's just not Again, not my personality. I know my weaknesses really well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, taken me a long time to to really look at people's personalities and go, that's why they're there, not because they work hard or, you know, um, anything. It's it's that like they have a certain type of personality. Yeah. And um, and it's taken me a long time to be like, hey, maybe uh maybe <laughs> that's not me. And I'm gonna be just a middle, uh, a, a middle achiever, um, <laughs> for a while, um, spoiler alert, I've got an episode coming up, um, with my aunt after yours, um, where we're going to unpack, um, uh, being a llama instead of a goat. So instead <laughs> of greatest of all time, living life as moderately achieving. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to make shirts folks. So stay tuned, but, um, oh. <laughs> that is, that is definitely, um, you know, something that either you're born knowing or it takes you a little bit of time to realize that like, I might not be, uh, a superintendent kind of personality, or I might not be this kind of personality, but on the other hand, you could make a shit ton of money as a real estate agent. I mean, right. you're in Arizona, the housing market is booming, mm-hmm. um, much to a lot of people's, uh, you know, worry. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. Can't buy a house maybe. Um, but that, I mean, is that, is, does that kind of like get you excited? Like, wow, this is actually a field that I could actually probably make hand over fist money. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Is that, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, now, shit. After, like after, could... yeah. I mean, especially having student loan debt and, you know, obviously being in law school and being around a bunch of people who tend to be attorneys, like they're all planning on, you know, making bank, you know, they, that's kind of the, you know, that's what they do. Um, and so I just, I never, I just, I never saw myself, I guess, in that same place, but now I'm like, Oh crap, I could, I could make a lot of money. Um, it's just, you know, how hard you work. And, and that's what I really like about this job is it's what you put into it. You know, it's not like a, a paycheck that you just get for showing up and it's, you know, you actually have to earn that money. And, you know, if or you that hard, other people get credit for all the hard work yes, you do and they yeah. get promoted and they get all the raises. Not that we know anything about that. So. Not, no bitterness there <laughs> I know, from either one of us. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an exciting prospect. You know, I, we do okay. We're not, you know, hurting, but it would just be nice to like, my, my thing is I can't wait to take a, like a week long vacation with the whole family somewhere nice and like not worry about paying for anything. And, you know, airfare, like that to me, it sounds like like I will know I've had a great year when that is something that I can do during that year is take us all on a trip together. So, Oh, that's so sweet. And that's so like, that's so millennial of you, right? Like <laughs> buying an experience instead of like, I can't wait till I can get like a good BMW and, um, you know, buy a bigger house. And, um, so that's, but it'll yeah. be interesting to see if money really does ground you or, yeah. Or if you stay grounded, um, making, making lots of money. Um, but or if I, I mean, become it, a fucking monster. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at my $1,200 bag. Like it's pretty, <laughs> pretty great. Yeah. It's but Sharon, you can't even fit your phone in it. <laughs> it's point. fine. You're not supposed to. <laughs> That's what this purse is for. This right. Is I got my purse. my phone purse. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So um as a mother, do you do you ever think about like um you know, what's Henry going to be when he grows up? Or, I mean, do you think as a mother that you would be like, okay, let's map out what you want to be. I don't want you to make the mistakes I have. Um, or do you feel like you'd be perfectly comfortable with being like, Hey, jumping around in different, completely different careers mm -hmm. that maybe only have slight similarities worked for me, knock yourself mm -hmm. out, Henry. I mean, how, what do you think as a parent, parent like that? I think it's really important to make sure that Henry is supported in whatever he wants to do and to make sure that he makes the choices for himself. You know, I, I, I don't, I, my parents are amazing. I've never felt like pressured by them to do anything, but they definitely are. I mean, they're boomers. They're of the generation where, you know, if you work at 50 years for Motorola, that's incredible. Like that's what you should do. You, you hit, you know, you stick in one spot, you work your way up that kind of a thing. And so I know that it kind of, I think it worried them a little bit. Um, that I just didn't seem to find anything that I liked. And I kind of felt like I was letting them down that I just kept kind of hopping around. But I mean, did you tell them like, look, this is how it is. Like there, there is no, if you, I don't know if we've ever stayed anywhere long enough, but we're, we, we weren't in careers where that was even an option. Like it's not, it's not, mm -hmm. I don't even think it's like that anymore. I don't think that you could work 50 years at Amazon and move your way <laughs> up. Right. There's just too many employees. Yeah. I, you know, I think it, it probably depends on the field. I know that David has worked, um, my husband's worked in this at the same company since 2008. Um, and that, you know, like that was like his first job right out of college and he's kind of moved his way up and, you know, into different departments and oh, there's wow, still really? different. Yeah. And there's still different places he can go. Um, and he's thinking about, you know, maybe he, he works in finance and he, um, he just kind of, he's not an advisor, but he, you know, he helps his clients um, kind of make transactions at his company. And so he works with some over a certain dollar amount. And that's kind of like, he's hit the, like that, the highest dollar amount basically for his position. And so now he's thinking, well, that's cool. I've been doing that, but now maybe I want to travel and be on the team that goes and, you know, they're like the like relationship managers. And so they go and meet the clients and, you know, it's little, it's not, a lot of travel, but it's, that's a big part of it. And, um, it's just kind of a different, a different type of work in the same 
company. And so there, so, I mean, I feel like for him, he, he struggles sometimes thinking, am I going to be a lifer? And there are a lot of people, I mean, you know how it is too at the university. There's some people that have been there for a long time. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I thought, I thought about that in, in a lot of different jobs I've had, like Mm -hmm. call center jobs or, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching, teaching, you know, in the same high school for, I just oh, yeah. had a friend um, retire a couple friends that have, re- well, specifically though, my friend Tracy retired and she was there pretty much her whole career. Um, and now she's like free and it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I never saw myself doing that, I guess, necessarily that never seemed appealing to me, but I mean, what if it is to Henry? What if that's something he wants to do? If he knows for sure, like he wants to, you know, do or be something at this point, since he's three, I would say probably a baseball player or an artist. Cause he really likes to draw <laughs> or, um, he loves music. He absolutely loves watching music videos, listening to records. So maybe, maybe be a musician, but I mean, but if people he- that are musicians and artists are not necessarily, I mean, I have a friend who's, um, 44 years old and, you know, still lives with his parents mm-hmm. and never went to school. And I mean, he's a brilliant artist, but I mean, it doesn't always pay the bills. I know. Yeah. Would, would you, <laughs> I mean, would you be okay? Cause that seems to be a pretty normal thing now that um, people aren't really leaving the nest. I mean, mm-hmm. is that something that you've thought of too? Is like, yeah, we'll support anything. And then um, what if he's a shut in and like my one friend's um, son um, doesn't go to school, doesn't work mm-hmm. and just hangs out in his room and, and is worried about being sick all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I would never be like, well, that's good, babe. Then, you know, I, I would have a hard time with that. Like just like blind, not, not, I don't want to say blind, but just, just supporting everything he does. I don't want to be that mom either. I don't know if you watch the Goldbergs, but, um, Oh God. Them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, I worry so much about being a Beverly Goldberg <laughs> to my kid all the time. Um, sometimes I'll say things like, you're just so perfect. I'm like, Oh my God, you sound like Bevy stop. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I think there's, I think there's a fine line between, you know, being supportive and being kind of enabling behavior that might not be good for him. And so obviously I want to encourage him to, you know, go out into the world and, you know, do incredible things. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's tough cause he's three. So it's like things I haven't really thought that much about yet, but you know, in my idealist, idyllic mother mind right now, I, I think I will, I will totally support him. And I think that he will go out and, you know, I think he's so creative and he's so smart. There's no way he's not going to be good at whatever he puts his mind to whatever that is. But, um, I, I don't, I just, I don't even, I think I do think about what he's going to be like as an adult sometimes. And it's really hard for me to wrap my head around. I'm like, I have no idea. I can't even think of him as like a 12 year old sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, no one, no one really can think about that stuff, but and it kind of hurts your heart. Sometimes when you picture him all big and grown up, like, Oh no, it's going to happen before I know it. So, but you know, I think that if he wants to dabble in a lot of things, I mean, I think it makes you a really well-rounded person uh, working in different fields. You know, I think it's made me a well-rounded person and it's kind of fun that I have these different pasts that, you know, in my, you know, higher ed past or in my, you know, law school past or psychology, it's just, it's kind of fun to, to have a variety of things, I think. Well, and I'm sure that's going to play into how well you connect with your, um, your clients, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you'll be able to pretty much find common ground with any single human and you're super outgoing anyway. But I mean, I know that that's helped me in higher ed where, you know, connecting with the student workers or the professors or students. I mean, it's like, because of the full life I've led, I'm like, oh yeah, I know about that. You know, and they're like, yeah. really? Like, <laughs> and then, you know, especially if someone's there that knows me, they're like, wow, you know, like a little bit of, about everything. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've lived hard and that's why right, I, right. my hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I lived it to the fullest man. It did. Yeah. I think it's a great thing. And you know, I think that it's definitely an asset to have that kind of varied experience. And, um, you know, I mean, it's something that I mean, just think about like what admissions counselors look for, you know, people or like even, you know, hiring people, maybe not hiring. That's maybe different because having experience can like recruit recruiting. Yeah. People. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, you know, like when, when you, you want to look like a well-rounded person on your college application, you were in these clubs, you did these things, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a good thing to, you know, be that way. So why not just continue that into our adult lives too? 
And, you know, some people have lots of hobbies or, you know, uh, volunteer things that they do. And for me, it's just, it's just my job is my job is just always changing. So, but I, I don't, re- I don't regret any of it. I think it's great. And, you know, it's a de- it definitely, I think like you were saying something, um, that's just more common now with younger generations is that, you know, you do just kind of, you, you don't feel like you have to stick in one place for a long time. Cause you know, there's so many other things out there that you could do. And also too, I think we're just, I, I, you know, I was, I was teasing that it was a millennial thing that like, if you don't, if, if you love your job, you don't work a day in your life. I feel like, I feel like uh, we're uh, my generation and under including yours was like, it was expected to go to that. We were going to go to college. Like it Mm -hmm. was just not even no matter what socioeconomic level you were at. Like, I mean, we were poor as shit when I was living with my mom and I still was like, I'm going to college. Mm -hmm. And, but the funny thing is, is I never really saw past that. So I also wanted to travel the world. And so when I, when I ticked those things off the boxes, I was kind of like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do next. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. So um was that kind of was that kind of you too, where it was just like you you were expected to go to college. And then do you think that you're gonna have that same expectation for Henry? Or do you think that we're gonna have a very because I, I find I find a lot of younger parents, especially Gen X parents. Mm-hmm. are not that way. They're not telling their kids to go to college mm-hmm. and even encouraging them to drop out when they're like not mentally handling it well. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, um, especially it's funny working in higher education, it's it's very obvious that college isn't for everybody. And that's not a bad thing. You don't have to have a college degree. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a dumb person. You but know, it's, it's just, so sad when you find that out after you're like, about of course, after you've gone to, yeah, exactly. After you've gone to college, of course, or um, just these kids that are like their mm-hmm. senior year and they mm-hmm. probably never should have been there in the first place. Yeah. Like I mean, barely it, got by D's make degrees. Right. Exactly. I, there were, you know, I worked in, in the university at one point, as you know, in, um, uh, academic compliance. And I reviewed a lot of assignments, um, that were plagiarized and, you know, cheated on and, and, um, just reading some of the, the, the writing of some of the people I was like, I don't, I don't know that this is going to help you. This might just frustrate you. I don't, you know, I just don't know that. I just don't, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. And again, that's not a bad thing at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't, you know, having a college degree does not mean that, well, now all the doors are open, you know, there's ways. It definitely wasn't. I had a college degree in French Mm -hmm. um, because I was an idiot and no one told me you, you have to have something with that. You can't just get a French degree. It's like getting an English degree or or a history degree. Like, you don't, people go like, wow, you've got to, wow, come and be a part of this company. (laughs) Um, So I waited tables and worked in restaurants and hotels for four years before I ended up in the classroom anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to go back to school to get that certificate to even be in the classroom. Right. Yeah. I, after college, after I graduated, I was a nanny. Like, I mean, it didn't like there was, Oh yeah, I did that too. You know what I mean? It's like, it just, it didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. And nowadays too, I feel like a college degree is akin to what like a high school, you know, diploma or GED used to be. Now it's just kind of like, it's, it's expected that a lot of people have them. So it's not that not, it doesn't set you apart that much. I feel like now it's like, you need to have a master's or, you know, some other kind of graduate degree to really set you aside from the other, you know, people, it's just, it's always going to be more and more and more, but that's, if those are the jobs you want, you know, not everybody wants those jobs. My brother, um, he was, he was in, he was at in the university. Uh, he was a freshman and he was like gung ho. Like I think business was one of his original things he wanted to do. He was like serious about international business. He was taking Chinese. I think he was doing that in high school too. And then one day he just was like, this isn't, this isn't what I want. And so he he left, he left the university, not, not where we work, but, you know, he left where he was studying and moved home with my parents and, you know, my parents, <laughs> I'm 12 years older than my brothers. So the way that they parented me versus the way that they parented them is very different. They were 12 years more tired when they were dealing with my brothers. So it wasn't wow. quite, it wasn't quite the same. And I used to be really bitter about it because I thought they would get away with murder when I was got grounded. <laughs> right. I got credit for leaving my curling iron on and I had, couldn't leave the house for a week. And like, you know, oh, you're, you're just you're, exhausted by the time your brothers yeah, came along. You're like, you know, it now. didn't. <laughs> 
It didn't, it didn't do any good to do it. That was just wasted energy. Right. So, um, but so it made me really happy because they were so, um, they embraced my brother so much and, you know, they were like, okay, then we just got to figure out what it is you want to do. You don't have to go to, you know, college, like a traditional four-year university. We'd like for you to get maybe some kind of education that will further you toward what you want to do. He loves music. He wants to, I mean, he does produce like, you know, music for himself and um, he has had people that he makes it for too, but it's mostly at this point kind of, it's like a hobby, but it's a hobby that he can make money. He does sometimes. And he, he, my, he went to community college and got his music production degree. So it was, you know, like there's little, little ways you can kind of, you know, I don't know, support and learn and, you know, grow without having to spend the money and the time to go to a four-year university, if that's not what you want to do. And so I think yeah. that I'm really thankful and my husband agrees, you know, that that's how we're going to approach it with Henry. You know, if that's what you want to do, awesome. If that's not what you want to do, that's awesome too. I don't know that I would have actually gone to a four-year university if I was given more of a choice. I think I might've pursued like an, like an art degree of some kind. Cause like I said, I loved, I loved acting. I would have loved to jump back into that. I used to take voice lessons. I used to sing, you know, doing something like that would be really cool. Like I probably would have pursued a much more artistic endeavor if I didn't feel like I had to go to college and get a practical degree, or I would have gone to college and gotten a, you know, a degree like from ASU in something else, you know, but like psychology seemed pretty practical, which is funny because it wasn't (laughs) right. Because you still have to go to more school. Right. right. For me, you know, it's funny because growing up or being from at, at you know 12 to 18 um from podunk california yucca valley joshua tree like college was my way out and i only saw it as my way out of poverty and not realizing that it's kind of a double edged sword so while i do not live in a um you know a a, a mobile home park or a trailer park like um no disrespect to anyone who lives that life because I'm saying this from the eyes of an 18 year old looking back. Right. Um, I thought that was the worst thing that you could possibly do. Didn't realize that having um, a a student loan debt that is enough to buy a nice house Mm. at this point, like who, who, who's the poor person now? Like I might live in a nice place. I might have nice clothes and nice things, but that's only because you learn how to juggle your student loans with your income mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't mean that. Um, but, but I'm, but I still have that debt. And um, I wish someone would have said, that's not the only route. And actually you're going to be fucking yourself. Cause I kept going to school thinking, okay, now, now this degree is going to get me money. Now this degree is going to pay for, you know, that, um, student loan debt. And then it right. was like, Oh my God, I can't even finish a doctorate because the amount of money that I've borrowed at this point is so above what I could ever pay back, even with a, with a doctorate in education. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, I, I, no one was talking about that in the nineties. Like no yeah. one sat me down. I mean, they kind of did, they were like, well, you know, you're going to have to pay this back, but no one said, Hey, if you're going to borrow money, you need to be an accountant. You need <laughs> to get a job out of college. That's going to pay for your student loan debt. Like they, I feel like they shouldn't even allow people to borrow money and get like a, a fucking French degree, for example, it needs right. to be like, okay, we know that you borrowed all this money. So this is the route you need to take. Or if someone would have said, I know it's only two years, but just go to that community college and then transfer. You can yeah. wait. But I was so scared that if I stayed even a year after being 18, that I would just be, I would be sucked into that, that white trash world. Like it was a huge fear of mine. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the answer is there. I, 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 I do think it's really great that people are so much more like trade school, trade school. Like we do not need poor people. You know, the, the, the high school that I taught at in Illinois, touted the college going culture. And it's like, bitch, none of these people want to be going to college. You know, (laughs) a lot of, a lot of kids do not need to be going to college. And yet that was like such a big push in the early two thousands, even. And, you know, I feel like I, I haven't mentioned it yet, but myself and my brothers, we all went to 
college prep schools. We went to private high schools where, Oh, wow. I, mean, like, I never knew that about you. I think we've talked about it before. I, just, I feel like, like maybe, I just but, it, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, I don't know how often we talk about high school, so I don't know. Maybe it hasn't come up, but, right. but yeah, we went, we went to private college prep schools, which was like, you know, 98%, I think of my graduating class went on to a four-year university after college. So, or I'm sorry, after, after high school, after graduation. So it's, um, it was definitely really kind of, you know, expected. Of course, that was the private education that our parents paid for. So, you know, if they're paying for us to prepare for college, you know, obviously it's kind of expected that that's what, you know, the, the expectation is, is we're going to go to college. So, um, there's such a prestige, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in those days in the eighties, I think it's probably started in like, I mean, way before that, but I know it was like a bigger thing where these schools were popping up. That was like, um, to have your kid going to the college prep high school. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's really a thing anymore. Cause we all realize that higher ed is like so shysty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't equate success going get right. a college degree. Right. It sure doesn't. <laughs> well, it's funny. I Not was the way that we were told. Right. I was, I was, um, man, I did a whole rant about this once I remember, but, um, back, back in the early era of, uh, you know, the internet and chat groups and stuff, but, um, but like I was in a college prep group in high school. So the reason I took French was because I was in the cohort that was the college bound kids. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we were, we had a, we were tracked together within the high school. So we, we took the same English classes, like everything was mapped out for us from the minute we came in as freshmen until we graduated. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that's all that, that they didn't tell us how to do anything like people didn't even know how to fill out the FAFSA at the high school. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like I totally did that on my own. Um, and we didn't really have the best internet in 1994. Right. Yeah. Wasn't quite what it is now. <laughs> no, it was really hard to find the scholarships that I found that didn't even pay for like, maybe paid for my books, like right. joke, joke scholarships. Right. That college. Yeah. So you probably wouldn't, care to put Henry in a school like that, would you, or? Well, so here's the thing, you know, Arizona is pretty terrible with public education and I was wondering if that was, yeah, that, that that's was really, I think that's 49th really, in the country, 49th in the country is not a good number. So, um, see, I, you know, I grew up here. I went to public school up until high school and then I went to a private high school and, um, I think I turned out. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't think that I felt like I was at any real disadvantage. Um, cause there, you know, I went to high school with some kids who went to private school from the second they were in preschool. Like they just have always, you know, that's just how it was for them. So I never really felt like I was at an, um, like an educational disadvantage when I got to high school with these people. So I think that, um, you know, depending on, I guess what it looks like for, for, for education, if we're still living here, like if we're living in a, in a state, if we happen to move and we live in a state where um, education is not as terrible, public education, then, you know, probably not. But I probably I would, I think, at this point, if we can afford it. That's the other thing. When I went to private high school, the tuition was I mean, it wasn't nothing. It actually was cheaper for me to go to in-state ASU than to go to my high school. My parents wow. got a raise, you know, my parents got a raise when I when I went to college. Um, but uh, I, you know, now it's it's three to four times as much as it would cost back then. So who knows what it's going to be like in 15, no, uh, 10 years when Henry's going. So, um, I don't know. I think I would, I mean, and not, but I wouldn't, I would never, and my parents didn't do this to me, but I would never like saddle him with the pressure of, and this means you have to go to college. It would just be like, this is a really good school. Like, this is a good school. That's why you're here. We care about your education. If you want to go to college, great. You're in a great spot for it. If you don't, let's explore that, you know, and see what that means. But I definitely, you know, I will never, never push college on, on him. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, I like the idea of you having Henry, um, have the option of going to like a really, a much better school mm -hmm. in terms of like the education and like, because you want to expose him to things that are like, you know, a lot of public schools and I've taught, I've taught in an Arizona school, like you only have so much time for deep dives or mm -hmm. good conversations. And you only have so many teachers that are actually really passionate because Arizona is 
just what was it like 9,000 positions were available in September and they just throw bodies in there. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't even have to have a certificate to teach, to be in the classroom. You can be an emergency sub, which is how I ended up in the classroom in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just we, we need you. So can you come and sub for a year? Um, And your only requirement is that you have had, to have gotten an, uh, a degree and, you know, and you have these people that are like, I'm going to teach because it's easy, quote unquote, right. all the teachers that are listening right now are like those yeah. fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Fuck no you. Question. And you're also making diminishing what education is because true educators are, we're all, you know, like fucking Robin Williams and dead poet society. We want to inspire and we are thinking outside the box. I mean, that's, that's what every great teacher is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but the, but more and more you have these people that are just so generic and so like, oh, we got to teach the test and, you know, and, and the pressures are so terrible and the pay is so terrible so that all the creatives leave. Yep. You know, they leave the classroom. How many people in higher ed used to be, high, you know, classroom teachers? I mean, most of the people that we, that we know, everyone that that was in our department, I was like, I was like the only one, I was really the only one that had not been a teacher before. But it's so sad because, you know, probably all of us were fantastic teachers and, you know, those schools probably didn't, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just being honest with what I saw Mm -hmm. and I get that, but I love that you would, you would say to Henry, like, this doesn't mean that you have to go to college. This is just the exposure of content and thinking and, you know, stuff like that would be great. I loved my, my high school education. I had a great time. I know high school is not everyone's favorite time in their lives, but I just, I was really lucky. I, I'm still, my, my best friends that I have now are my friends from high school. Like I just, I loved it. It was not the, the awful, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. You know, it was high school, but I just really loved it. And I loved the education that I got, even though it was a, it was a Catholic education. I wasn't Catholic. So there were some classes that I was just like, I guess I'll, I have to take it. I have no choice. <laughs> but, um, but I, I mean, like I said, my, my, my psychology teacher, my senior year was incredible. She inspired me to go on to get my degree. Like, I mean, they had some amazing teachers there and, um, you know, I, I actually thought for a while, they look, it looks so fun to be a teacher here. I what if I came back and was a teacher? Like when I was in high school, I used to think right. that I did dabble in the idea a little bit, um, after law school, trying to figure out my path, you know, what that was going to look like. I did kind of play around with the thought of teaching at, um, either, uh, the high school I went to or the all boys high school. Um, but I just never really did really go down that path. But, um, I forget my, my point of that rant. <laughs> oh, just that the, the education was so wonderful. And I, I think I, I know that I would not have gotten that same education if I would have gone to the public school that I was, you know, in district for. So, um, I just, you know, but again, I don't think that I would put Henry through private school, you know, his, his whole life. I, we live in a great area right now. We live in a great district. The thing about Phoenix is not everywhere, probably, honestly, like the best districts there it's, it's expensive. And so, um, you know, we're lucky right now where we live. It's it's not expensive and, you know, we're in a really good district. So I don't necessarily want to stay here, but you know, if it means really good education for him, I might think about it and maybe move to uh, you know, cooler part of town when he's in high school, but I don't know. Yeah. You would get, well, you've got some time. Yeah. Yeah. We've got plenty of time to think about it. You know, he's not starting first grade or kindergarten for a while. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> a I couple mean, years. I, I like that you walk down this path with me because, you know, it is kind of interesting to talk to parents and, and just, you know, cause I know parents that have 25 year olds and well, <laughs> and parent even older than I, I guess, cause I know <laughs> friends, parents. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. So they're 45, you know, like me, but yeah. Um, but also just new parents and just kind of looking at how the world is, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, gosh, we've already talked for an hour. I know. I can't believe it. I just looked at the clock and thought, what? So amazing. And that's why we love having you on the show, Sharon. Um, so, you know, moral of this story, folks, is that it's okay to, to take the leaps and um, not be scared and don't be scared. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I wish you all the best. Cause you know, whenever I see you, you just, you have a brightness about you that, um, the, the higher ed place, which shall not be named, um, <laughs> 
I didn't see in that. And, and I know that you struggled so much and you tried for so long to make it work, um, even moving departments and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's really inspiring to see, you know, to see, even though you have a kid, you know, that you were like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take the sleep. I'm going to go to school again, again, yeah, again, <laughs> this time it was for only a week. So I was able to justify it, I guess. It oh so yeah. Miserable. That's, that's so much better. <laughs> I mean, but... it was, it was 90 hours in a week, so it was a lot, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Maybe it was two yeah. weeks. shoot, I don't know, blocked it out, but yeah, well, thank you. Trish. That means a lot. It means a lot coming from somebody who, you know, like you said, you, you've seen me at my, my lowest lows and, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's nice to hear that it actually shows and, you know, it, it just feels good to have your support. So thank you. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. And Sharon, you know, you can always come back and chat with us on the podcast. Anytime you'll love have me. You. Yeah. I love it. We could talk about, I don't know. There's so many things I think we could talk about. So I'll be back soon. Don't you worry. Yay. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an artist.